0: Welcome to Wellness Wednesday. My name is Alexander Salonga. I am the new wellness programming producer here at KYUK. I'm proud to be here. This month is National Suicide Prevention Month. If you find yourself not in the headspace to hear about suicide prevention kinds of programming, please change the station. If you or anyone you know are experiencing suicidal thoughts at risk of suicide or struggling with emotional distress, call 988-ALASKA-SUICIDE-AND-CRISIS-LIFELINE. The Lifeline is free and confidential with operators that treat callers with respect and listen without judgment. Or please call YKHC's Emergency Services at
1: 907-543-6499. What you need is love and,
0: understanding. and today will be a show about suicide prevention, and to get us started is Bethel's very own elder, Esther Green.
1: I'm so glad this suicide thing, the word suicide, is um, going to be talked about around this area, which no one in the past has ever, ever talked about, because it's so scary but now it's opening, and we should clean our ears and listen. You know, um, one other, one good thing that I take out of uh, our loved ones that took their own life, I now can think, when I talk about my, my loved ones, the wonderful thing I'm doing is I am honoring them. Honor
0: them. Thank you. Thank you, Esther. Once again, this is Wellness Wednesday, and this month is National Suicide Prevention Month. KYUK, myself, everyone in this room, and mental health organizations all over the world are uniting to raise awareness today we have Diane McAkron and Jim Chaliak to share about three programs here in the YK Delta doing their part for suicide prevention. Um, would you guys like to each introduce yourself?
2: Yeah, I'm Diane McAkren. I'm faculty at the Kuskokwim campus here. I've lived out here for 25 years, and I teach social work and rural human services.
3: And this is James Chaliak. I go by Jim, and uh, recently I'm a uh Co-Community Investigator for
0: uh, Canner Center for Alaska Native Health Research out of the University of Fairbanks. So, Diane, could you start us off and give us the names of the three organizations we're going to talk about today?
2: Sure, yeah. So, the three programs, one is called PC CARES, which stands for Promoting Community Conversations About Research to End Suicide. And the other one is called ANCHOR, which is the Alaska Native Collaborative Hub for Research on Resilience. And the last one is Be Well Because We Love You is a program for young people that Jim will share more about when we get to it.
0: Excellent. Thank you so much. Well so we'll begin with PC CareS
2: Sure. Yeah, Dan.
0: Could you tell the, the good people of the YK Delta about what PC CARES is?
2: Yeah, so PC CARES is an idea that uh, Dr. Lisa Wexler and our colleagues up in Northwest, Josie Garney and Roberta Moto, and just a, a number of other people that have helped us develop this, and we're looking at strengths and what are ways that seem to be the most helpful for people who may have thoughts of suicide. So what we do with PC Cares is train facilitators to host community conversations. There are five, we call them learning circles, and there are five, like, two-hour two sessions. And in each bite-size, in each session, we share a piece of research that takes maybe five or ten minutes to share. And the rest of the time is the community evaluating whether it's relevant, what they want to do about it, and if there's an action that they want to take based on what they've learned. And so... A long time ago, these kind of programs, and we'll hear about this with Anchor as well, that Jim has been a key part of, a lot of times uh, outside people will come in and maybe do a workshop on something and then leave. And what we wanted to do instead was train people who actually live in rural communities to be the actual facilitator, not an outside person. And we train, we do the training in such a way that it's very accessible People um, come away with a lot of confidence in their ability to facilitate. We have the whole thing is all mapped out. Every single learning circle is completely organized ahead of time. So the facilitator basically just is really a host of a conversation. The facilitator doesn't have to know everything. They don't have to have the answer to every question. they, they're just facilitating their community actually doing all the conversation. And so I'll give you an example of like a bite-sized piece of research. So mm-hmm. one is that uh, research shows that if you can, if a person who has thoughts of suicide and they have the urge for it, if that urge can... Um, in about 10 minutes of time, that, 10 to 15 minutes of time, that urge will die down. So what, what you do is you try and find ways to make it harder for someone to actually act on that urge. Because by the time they go to act, enough time may have gone down that they might have calmed down just a little bit to make it easier for them to get other help. What would be an example of that? Well, you would separate, You could separate guns um, from bullets. That makes it harder for them to act on the urge. You could lock up any medicines that you have that could be a problem if someone took too much. That would buy time. So we have one of our learning circles really talks about what you can do in your home to make it harder. And the harder it is, that buys some time for the person to maybe be able to calm down just a little bit in order to get other help. Another example would be suicide started occurring in rural communities in Alaska around 19, in the 1960s. Mm-hmm. And we see that as part of the impact and consequence of colonization. Because suicide was not really heard of before then. It wasn't something that people, and it's certainly not teenagers, were, that wouldn't be something they would do. But the effects, the, 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 the consequences of colonization about the 1960s starts to hit that next generation. And so we share that with the community and ask them if do they want to talk about it, in what ways do they see those consequences? And um, how can we make it easier for them to talk more? about the consequences of colonization and i remember one time i asked some of my students i said you know and i have cohorts of students and i asked them do you all think because we have rates of suicide or substance abuse do you think there's something a little bit wrong with Yupik people and people raised their hand and when i shared with them this kind of research and told them there's really nothing wrong with you, something was done to you that was wrong. Very different. And as they kind of understood that, much more relief, and it brought brought out an openness to talk about more things. And so that's an example of how you can use this little bits of research. We have, um, like I said, we have five learning circles. We have a learning circle where we talk about if there has been someone who's died from suicide, What are ways individuals can respond, the community can respond, and the agencies can respond? Each one has different ways that the research says are better ways to respond, and so we teach that in a learning circle for people to talk about. So, yeah, I think that's kind of it in a nutshell. (laughs) The PC cares. Um, We have, I, I will say we've done, Um, trainings in Northwest, Bering Strait, and in the YK Delta. My rural human service students for their practicum they're trained as PC Cares facilitators and for their practicum all semester long they are hosting learning circles. The other thing about PC Cares and the learning circles is if you're a facilitator and usually they have a partner, usually there's two facilitators, they can do a learning circle with friends, they could do it with just family, they could do it with their tribal organizations, they could do it, invite the whole community. So we make it very, very user-friendly, very flexible, let, let each community and facilitator kind of work on how they want to structure it, um, and that's built into the PC Cares model.
0: Yeah. That's really incredible, it's revolutionary stuff, right? a little bit.
2: Yeah, a little bit. I mean, my students did say, you know, that some of the students commented that they were a little bit amazed that it wasn't an outside organization or outside people, but that they're the ones doing it. And that was very, uh, very exciting for them. And, and a little bit nerve-wracking because it made them a little nervous, some of them, because like, uh-oh, oh, it is really us. And We like to say in class um, sometimes that, you know, don't wait for anyone to come. We got to do it here and now with the people that are here. Right. And so um, so it's a very uh, empowering kind of model, especially for people who are trained to be facilitators.
0: I'm curious, though, do you have any any stories about how a facilitator like life was changed by this program or or even um actions created by communities like like how did like the practical real life effects of
2: right so I know a community up in Northwest for example they pooled they got funding to buy a gun safe for every house Wow! so that way they could lock up the guns they could separate the um, bullets from the gun and have a safe way to protect someone who may in their family may have thoughts of suicide so that's an example um I think it's been really powerful when communities learn more about ways to respond. Um, you know, for example, we we often share that it's important to treat a uh, death from suicide like any other death, not to make it more special or less special, or um, but to give it the honor that you would any other death. For example, um, so there's a lot of little things built in that communities can take on and kind of develop their own ideas about. Yeah. That's
0: lovely, Diane. Thank you for sharing. (laughs) Now, pardon me if I'm a little bit confused here but would you be able to share about how like, the data collection moved from these outside universities to community members? Right. Is so, that with PC Cares, or is that with...
2: Well, a little bit of, okay, that's Anchor, and I'll, I'll pivot into that, and then I'm gonna turn it over to Jim. Sure. But for PC Cares, the, the research that we share with the community is research that most of it has been done in rural Arctic indigenous communities. So it is research about people in the region, and learning, and then what's different is a lot of times when research is done, it's not really shared back mm-hmm. in a way that is workable, or if it's shared at all, and a lot of times it's not shared. So what my colleague, Dr. Wexler, she's fantastic, she ser- she cultivated a wide range of research, and we pulled through the really key pieces that would be really great and immediate for a community to act on pretty quickly if they wanted to. And so that's that's an example of like bringing back the research, but not just like giving a report, but actually making it workable and usable for people. And so that was PC Cares. And then Anchor, the Alaska Native Collaborative Hub on Research on Resilience, now even the title... So that's a, another National Institute of Health grant. And initially, that grant was to go to research on suicide. And our indigenous colleagues really you know, pressed us, can we have a strength-based title? And not reser- uh, research on suicide, but research on something strong. And that's where the word resilience came from. And so that kind of began to shift a little bit of the research so that what Anchor does and did over a one year period was do long, in depth interviews with people in five key areas of strength for communities. And what we're hoping for is to learn what are the key areas of strength that seem to protect youth from suicide and. How can we, um, just a minute, I just lost my <laughs> train of thought there. Oh, no worries. Um, right. So, how can we package that in such a way that a tribal council can sit down, look at these five key areas, and have some guidance on how they can begin to strengthen some of those areas? For example, one of the findings seems to be that uh, really good, healthy governance, tribal governance, seems to be really important in helping a community stay safer so we have a whole section on governance culture and spirituality um participation of elders in the community Um, i don't have all the five of them here but um oh yeah cultural continuity self-determination and local control are the services provided effective and culturally responsive what about community development and then spirituality and religion. And we asked a lot of questions in each of those areas. Originally, <clears throat> excuse me, those questions and interviews were going to be done from, with grad students, maybe at UAA or maybe University of Michigan. And I was at a big round table. And I remember looking at my colleague, Dr. Jessica Black, because I thought, wait a minute, how come we don't train local people and let them be the ones to do the interviewing? So I raised my hand and I said, well, I have these RHS, Rural Human Service students. I think they could be trained to be data collectors and we'll teach them the ethics they need to learn and the protocols. And it was like a light went off in the room and everyone's like, really? And I said, yeah, really, let's do it. And so we did a training and we trained 10 people to be the ones that make the phone call to the village and talk to them, and Jim was one of those people. He's one of the really strong data collectors, and I'm gonna ask you if you wanna just share what that was like, that pivot, you know, to Mm -hmm. you now are the one (laughs) doing that.
3: That was a very, yes, a wide wide awakening moment for for me as probably as well as for the other um, students at the time. So it placed me into a role that we talked about in the classroom, and then the next day w- we find ourselves in the role, mm-hmm. doing <laughs> the actual work. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was pretty amazing. Um, I I recall making some really neat connections just over the phone with uh, our participants because first first of all we both of us identified each other as Alaska Native and having a background in our own cultures, whether I'm from this area, YK Delta, or my contact might have been from, let's say, Northwest Territory, Northwest uh, Alaska. And talking with different folks, we tended to find a a connection right away. We didn't have to... um, work at building that rapport with for too long and i think that was uh, um, one of the key uh, positives that helped us move right along with uh, collecting data so and then as we developed our um, work through our structured questionnaire um, the topic of uh, spirituality was a little bit hard on some of us mm. and of course it is um because uh, no matter where, which culture we come from, we have a definition of spirituality one way or another. So, and there was a mix of it in in my con- among my contacts. So it was a really neat discussion after all. Although you know at the beginning it was uh, kind of a little difficult to to bring about, and um, we got some pretty neat results though. Mm -hmm. Um, thinking back about that so that's how i that's how i
2: yeah these and these were extensive interviews there were like 50 was it 50 questions and um, they're in these different categories and really it's looking at what makes an alaskan community strong Mm -hmm. and how are alaska native communities drawing on those strengths um to support youth wellness and resilience and because You know, it would be very hard for someone from Anchorage, let's say, calling a, you know, a village in the YK Delta, because then there's all the explaining of, you know, and really, I think that someone like you, Jim, probably, when you saw the questions, they made sense. You could understand why you'd ask that question. And I'll say one other thing about the questions. Um, When we came up with the original group of questions, Again, I volunteered my RHS students. <laughs> I said, why don't you have my students read the questions and have them circle questions that don't make sense, have them mark questions that are very confusing, mark questions that they would say in a different way. So we gathered all of that, reworked all the questions, then I put it to my next cohort of students, and which are mainly all indig- mainly indigenous students, and said hey here here's the research here are the questions what do you think when they went through and fine-tuned it again and so I really appreciate with PC Cares and Anchor it truly is a collaborative and we get our guidance and leadership from our indigenous colleagues and it's a real it's a real nice balance and it's made things so much better and so that's how we got those all the questions. I, were you in on some of the discussions, Jim, of the back and forth? I, I kind Should we of say this word or that word? A
3: little word bit and later <laughs> um, yeah. than the other students, but, yeah, I, I caught on
2: after a while. Yeah, yes. so we fine-tuned it.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: I can imagine. Do you remember, just a deep dive a little bit into it, any of the questions that kind of changed over time or anything that, that sparked the most interesting conversation?
2: Oh, I can't even think of it, um, that the kind of question. I don't I don't have my documents like that in uh, front of me, no worries. but um, but maybe you remember some of the questions that you ended up, at, that you did ask people, and and what were the, what could they answer, yes, no, or maybe?
3: Most of them, yes, were yes, no, and maybe, uh-huh. um, but there were a few of them that were open-ended, mm-hmm. and the participants responded the way they saw things. Um, I think doing it in a in that format also brought the um, uh, the community spirit, the, b- the spirit behind community mm. in, in pulling this together. Yes. Because um, community-based solutions like uh, PC Cares and Anchor have been um, pulling together, helping mm-hmm. and, and by facilitation in, in this fashion. Yeah. I, I really believe um, aligns with the Alaska Native spirit of working together. The community is always looking for each other, looking out for each other, and the spirit of working together is always there. So, um, yeah, and that's I how that, I think that was one of the strong uh, I agree feelings that I got out of uh, interviewing and and, we'll and, 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 and uh, the ensuing discussions that are are different.
2: Yeah, and what I, what I appreciate about that, too, is that um, both of PC Cares and Anchor are what we think of as macro-based. They're community-based, mm-hmm. and that's the way you discover those other strengths. There are other suicide prevention models that are more one-on-one, like teaching me how to be able to talk to somebody who may have thoughts of suicide and how to help them get other help. Very important to have that. And when you go to Anchor and PC Cares, you're drawing on yet another level of strengths that you can't draw on from the one-on-one, but the community-based, just like you, like, really beautifully stated, like, is to have um, a community orientation toward solutions rather than just individual people learning. You have more of the people, the group learning. And I think they did, um, did you do interviews in over 60 communities, right? Not... The team, yeah, w- and once, once over a we, hundred we, interviews.
3: Yeah, once we fulfilled um, our little group of interviews, we were assigned uh, an, another more group. communities. Yeah, yeah, more communities. So, so
2: yeah. we had probably about ten researchers, all indigenous from various rural communities, um, and so and we did the training and yeah. So that was. That was awesome. So it was over 100 interviews, 60 peop- sixty communities, communities where there was a population of 100 or more. Um, so we had this master list, and uh, we did a lot of consultation with our indigenous colleagues on how should we organize this, and how should we, even down to how, sh- how which five communities should we put in the same categories? And, I mean, it was, it was amazing, um, and I'm just wonderful to be a part of it actually so at this point this stage we're looking the next stage is to finalize the key findings and then how now again do we bring this back to the community so that they can use these findings to strengthen who they are and make their communities safe -er, (laughs) or safer
0: yeah that's incredible especially from that strength-based perspective
2: one hundred percent now. I'm ready now. Yes, I'm ready. Eyes
1: wide open. I'm ready to 100 percent now. Take a chance and undo
0: direction. Are there any findings so far from these first two projects that have kind of changed how you think about things or is is changing the way the research is being done or changed your mind about something?
2: Other than I'll never do research that's not designed this way again. <laughs> again. <laughs> that's one for me is like wherever I, if I'm ever a part of research, I'm going to want to know who's at the table making all these decisions because it can't just be non-Native people. And so that's what I would look for. But I mean, I think in terms of some of the key strengths, I think like the, um the governance was a really key strength one right self determination local yes. control yes yeah
3: both both with the, um the younger generation and especially with the our elders there's there's uh voicing about uh tribal sovereignty mm-hmm. and recognizing uh traditional values uh of how the, those values um worked in a way to empower our our elders uh the ones that are living today are are personifying that they they do that so
2: mm-hmm. quite yeah. naturally yes yes, yes. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, that's incredible And diane do you think you can transition us into oh. uh tfl be well
2: right yeah i'm gonna t- that jim will be able to talk some on that so uh, to Be Well, which if you spell it out as because we love you, um, is something for young people, 18 to 24 years old, and it's a culture-based connection that they can make with people, uh, native, indigenous people, um, connecting the youth. And actually, youth that participate in this uh, can receive you know a little financial stipend. And do you want to say more about um, the Be Well?
3: Yeah. Um. yeah. So far, our talk has been sounding a little bit technical, (laughs) but um, all in the spirit of, uh, first of all, suicide prevention and education, but Mm -hmm. to include other um, uh, purposes behind this work. The um, indigenous involving in the process of research is is amazing, um, some of which Diane has uh, described a little bit. But as we move along in these in this work, um, there is recognition of the values behind the findings, um, and being able to um, move from uh, a community spirit, and how do we pull the strength and be able to apply it to um, support. Uh, especially our younger younger generation, a- and maybe applied in a, like a one on one interaction. What can we do with that? So, be well is designed as as such as such for that idea uh, because we love you is literally translated in Yupik as that's where it comes from. Be- we tell you this because we love you. Mm-hmm. So, be well. Um, like I said a little bit earlier, our elders have been teaching us, our parents have been teaching us, of course, because they've experienced all these different things before us, before me. And um, so that knowledge and the findings from our uh, other research uh, projects, combining all that knowledge and recognizing this knowledge base that Alaska Native People already have, and being able to crosswalk in a way that um, we can design be well, and it's been done that way.
2: Yeah, and that's it's a program where we, if if there's a a young person who would be interested in having somebody to talk to, that's native, that understands indigenous life, um, they can we haven't rolled it out all the way yet here, but it's going to be where they'll let, they can let us know and they will be contacted and they will begin to have a little extra support for them. And again, it's ages 18 to 24. And this is something that if they participate in it, they, 15. is it 15 years old?
3: 15 to 24.
2: Oh, 15 to 24. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Yes. So a lot of teenagers and then, um, they can receive a little bit of funding for this. the The young person can, and it's a way of um, having a relationship of support and encouraging well being. And from a indigenous worldview,
3: something called cultural talk is is the, uh, how that's framed. Mm-hmm. So, staff are Alaska Native. Uh, they're well versed in. Uh, our cultures uh, across the state and being able to share um, and work with individuals, young people and make connections back to each of our own own cultures. So this is mutual. The way I see it, it's mutual. I might be serving the cultural talk, but I enjoy, in the spirit of uh, YUPI, talking you know, it's mutual. The benefits are always mutual. I grow right along with anybody talking with anybody. So, um, in the case of talking to young people in a cultural format, that that works really well mm-hmm. in both both for myself and and uh, individual.
2: Yeah, and it's really wanting to help communities understand the best ways to keep Alaska Native young people healthy and. Like Jim mentioned, there's a Tools for Life program, which helps Alaska Native young people connect with their culture and learn about strengths and resources within their community. And everyone who participates in, you know, who wants to participate will get a 45-minute brief virtual interaction um, focused on culture and strengths and also social relationships who are you connected to because that's so important and where are your relationships and who do you seek out when you need something and um and everyone will also get two virtual visits and young people will get up to $340 to do like a confidential survey on their experience so we can de- so that this program can be developed more and it's voluntary um and they you know the interaction will be um, things like asking their opinions on drugs and alcohol or opinions and experiences about mental health and um, their own health and well-being and connections with culture family and social relationships and they don't have to answer all those questions but that's kind of the nature of um, the be well project which is also out of Canner, the Center for Alaska Native Health Research which Jim is now one of the investigators or what we call invest. It's not an investigator like police.
0: (laughs) He's not a PI.
2: (laughs) No, it's just (laughs) learning more, investigating to learn more. (laughs) It's it's all about
3: working together, collaborative work. So that's what it means to me.
2: And he's based at the Kuskokwim campus is where they have their offices.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But I love the way of the, the be well structure. just the way it's set up it really seems like you value young people like there is that mutual growth exactly but you also value yes. their time you know and then just with the monetary uh part of that i think yeah. that it's really really incredible
3: yes so we recognize and acknowledge uh young person wherever they are it doesn't matter where they are they come we come together as the way we are um and The neat thing behind this project, the Be Well project, is we can connect from anywhere in Alaska. I can work out of Bethel, and we could have somebody to talk to, let's say, some other community across the state. Um, We don't have to travel. Um, The participants are, you know, free to go as far as they want to with the program. You know, it can go up to a year.
2: And is it by, you, you'll you contact them by telephone at first?
3: Yes, there, and then there, it there, goes there to is an intake process and, and, mm-hmm. and then um, scheduling uh, cultural talks and uh, the surveys, yeah. survey portions. Yes. And
2: then they'll be like virtual. You can yes. also do some virtual yes. connections with them. So
3: Zoom, the, Zoom pl- the video conferencing platform is amazing. <laughs> uh, I really love working with Zoom and uh, we're able to share as facilitators to, with uh, um, our participants, whatever material we might want to show, uh, measuring graphics of mm-hmm. where we are and
0: um, how things look so far. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now, Jim, have you participated, like, as an investigator? Does your job touch any of these things that B-Well is doing right now, or is it? Where, where does your job take you these days? I, I, I'm f- I am i am fresh off the streets, like. Esther just was brought in earlier.
3: Huh? <laughs> <laughs> um, he just started his <laughs> position, so start, he hasn't do- dove in, in yet I just started um, this, this work with B-Well, but yes. Um, so we need a
0: follow-up in a, in a couple months. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
3: So um,
0: the, um,
3: pr- the scheduling I- in works, you know, we introduce each other and um, uh, uh, orient ourselves with the culture. And... Um, there's a team of us, so there's roles uh, assigned to each team team member and service provider. So there's there's a little bit of technical work in some spaces and and more of a cultural uh, orientation in uh, in others. So yeah, um, we're we're I'm I'm learning the ropes yet, mm-hmm. but it's pretty um, easy to follow mm-hmm. um, because like like the other uh projects, Anchor and PC cares, be well aligns really well with let's say Yupik culture. Mm-hmm. Um it probably aligns well with the other Alaska native cultures as well because we find uh strong similarities across our Alaska native cultures in in uh each of our uh, principles and values.
2: Yeah, yeah I've noticed that too. You know.
0: As we begin to wrap up, I'm curious, do you guys know the origins of any of these names? These are wonderful acronyms oh. <laughs> uh, for each of these.
2: <laughs> PC CARES. Wow, I think PC CARES was a brainstorm with the committee because um, we wanted to promote community conversations about research to end suicide. And ANCHOR was also, went through some different um Different names, and then settled on that one. And I don't know where be well be well is happens in other places. I think in the United States, this is uh, mm-hmm. funded by the Rand Corporation. So this model is developed specifically for Alaska Native youth.
0: Mm-hmm. And to um, reiterate, it's it's ran also by Alaska Natives as well, like the Alaska right part. Yeah. And I don't know if this is a long shot, but as we wrap up here, Esther, do you have? Mm-hmm anything any hopes for anyone listening <laughs> as i catch you mid-cough i'm so sorry
2: <laughs> <laughs> so h-o-p-e hope,
1: hope. hope. Yeah. yeah yeah i'm getting i'm getting out of uh, that negative um, negative thing I'm slowly getting out because so many of my my relatives their own lives, mm-hmm. which is not fun. Mm-hmm. But uh, now, I can say I'm glad good information is out for people to hear. Yeah.
2: Yes. Yes, that's awesome.
0: Thank you, Esther.
2: Yeah. Thank you.
0: Is there anything, any final words you, each of you, would like to say? I just want to thank Diane
3: and Esther and <laughs> a number of others for um, giving me all this excitement. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, when I got invited to the Anchor Conference in Nome in 2017,
2: yeah, just like yeah. Esther
3: was saying, the word suicide was very hard for me to say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah. the Anchor Project and the time I hopped on to it in 2017 was basically when I started seeing uh, and navigating through this, like Esther was saying, a scary adventure right. around suicide. Right. So um, since then, um, I've gained hope, like Esther's wishes here. Mm-hmm. I've I've learned confidence, I guess, is one way to put it. That's a good way. Yeah, I've heard other people
2: say a feeling of confidence Yes. to handle and maybe do something more about this. Yes,
3: so we can do it. Yeah. We all can do
2: it. when I came out here 25 years ago, I didn't want to say the word suicide either, and I hid away from it. And even if I was talking to a young person, I was too afraid to ask them, then I learned over time, <laughs> like we're all learning. Um, and whenever I would talk to a young person and I would ask upfront, are you thinking of suicide? For some of them, the relief on their face, like yes. And I'm like, oh wow, well let's talk about that. What's got you thinking that way? Um, really amazed me, you know. So I knew if we could find ways to talk more there weren't programs like this 25 years ago that's for sure Um, but it was nice to join them
0: yeah and 25 years ago that wasn't your singular choice either to not use the word it was your your community of social workers that decided not to use the word suicide in those kinds of conversations right
2: right yeah so at the time other other social workers I talked to felt the same way like oh maybe we shouldn't say it or um, people don't like to talk about that out here, or if you say it, maybe the person will start thinking about it. So
0: it seems like each one of us in this entire region has come on their own way.
2: It's a journey, yeah, it is, and you gotta be patient, and some people gotta respect where they're at with it, and um, and we hope through these projects, um, we hope that everyone finds a little piece in any one of these that they could hold on to and give them that confidence and that feeling of hope, like Esther said. Yeah.
0: Well, I'd like to thank you both for your time here today. That's about it for us.
2: Thanks, Alex. Thanks, Esther. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, yeah. Jim. Thank you, Diane. Yes, thank Alex.
0: you so much for your time. And I'm sure folks out there really appreciate it. I really appreciate it. And I'm very touched by the time and care that you guys put into this. Rihanna, Esther. hmm Guyana, everyone. This is Alex Longa, and thank you for listening to Wellness Wednesday.